Six o'clock, it's Mutiny Radio. It's time to get into some comedy shit with Happy Hour, the happiest of hours that are happy on a Friday with comedians. Yay. Uh, we have a great show for you guys tonight, really. We have a lineup of 18 comedians who have pre-signed to all make you so happy, you wonderful listener here at MutinyRadio.fm. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. Hey, everybody. Yay. It's happy hour. How happy are you? Yay. There's some lackluster happiness from comedians because they're each other's audience and isn't that sweet of them to care and clap and not call each other dickbags. Your first comedian is a really nice guy and a very, very funny man. Uh, I uh, think that he'll grow funnier. I think that as his hair decreases, his funniness will increase over time. Put your hands together for John Gallagher. Check out my space boots. I got them on bargain. I beg your pardon. Okay. All right. Cool. So I'm on this mic. Hey, uh, feeling good, guys? Uh, was running around earlier. Uh, I know a lot of us are super depressed. I have some depression tips, actually. Uh, if you're ever going through some depression, what I've found that's good to avoid is uh, checking your Google search history. Uh, that is a very good idea to avoid. Like, I made the mistake of checking it after a week of being, like, really, really depressed, right? My most two recent results, a second one was, uh, what are the health benefits of an all-fast food diet? And then the first one was, uh, what is hitting rock bottom? And that was the two. All I said was, uh, like, at the exact same time, I had my Google Maps go, like, hey, you want to write a review of McDonald's? And I was like, oh, very good. Very good, Google. Knew I wasn't writing on the Wi-Fi at a McDonald's. It was exciting. And that's good, too. Like, you don't realize until later that uh, McDonald's has Wi-Fi, you know? And a lot of times you don't make that discovery unless you're alone, on the inside of a McDonald's. <laughs> the saddest person in the world. <laughs> for a quick tip for you guys, you don't ever wanna be eating alone on the inside of a McDonald's unless one, you're waiting for your heroin dealer, or two, you're waiting for time to slowly crack your facade like a slow motion footage of a mountain kinda of getting beaten by erosion, you know? That's what you want. Um, yeah. I. Uh, I like that Donald Trump has dementia. I like that John McCain has brain cancer. I like all those guys. I like that they're in charge. It's really cool. This is one of the reasons why like Republicans are actually kind of progressive uh, as opposed to Democrats, right? It's like Democrats, you see somebody with brain damage, you're like, oh, we need to take care of this person. They're not well. But a, Republic, a Republican goes, you either need to die or you're our leader. Like That's kind of crazy, right? And he kind of explains for a lot of like why George W. Bush is in Texas, like just executing retarded people for so many years. He wasn't like doing it because he's malicious. He's just trying to find the perfect retarded person to lead us, you know? And that's kind of exciting, like a retarded Moses. It's fucking great. Uh, like I said, oh, the thing I was saying about McCain that uh, Eamon got excited about was, uh, is it wrong to like retroactively root for the Vietnamese torturing McCain? <laughs> like just to be like the biggest, biggest Vietnamese fan. Woo! Go by and saluting every restaurant you see. It's like, thank you for your service. But then retroactively think like, you know, if he didn't get tortured, maybe he wouldn't be a man with a head full of cancer with uh, the power to control our lives. It's a cool part of America, you know? 
Uh, I was reading about L. Ron Hubbard. You guys like L. Ron Hubbard? Yeah, he's cool, right? I just like the fact that uh, we're so surprised that Trump can win, but L. Ron Hubbard was already a guy, you know? Like, L. Ron Hubbard is the fact that all you have to do in America to succeed is just be a confident, dumb fucking white guy. That's all it is. Just, like, be a confident white man on speed, and it's L. Ron Hubbard. And, well, Trump, too. The, you have the cocaine thing on his nose. Huh? Oh, there we go, right? See? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, so... But L. Ron Hubbard, though, one of my favorite things is, you know, he, can, he tricked everybody. He wrote all these, like, terrible books, right? And uh, uh, one of my favorite parts is that he, you know, one of his best friends was a guy named Jack Parsons. And Jack Parsons was one of the co-founders of Jet Propulsion. Uh, so one of the co-creators of NASA, right? And so he was really good friends. Even though L. Ron Hubbard was really dumb, Jack Parsons was a smarter guy. But the reason they hung out together all the time was because they used to hang out in a cave uh, fucking people trying to summon the devil. Wow. <laughs> and it's it's exciting, you know? Like, at the end of the day, you know that the man that's, like, one of the best scientists in the world believes in the devil. <laughs> oh, right? He's like, we're going to make humanity, like, super advanced. We're going to push us to the brink of the stars. But also, if I'm not a good little boy, then a red man will burn me with the fire. It's just, uh, it's cool. Like, also, that's your rationale. Like, the way they tried to summon the devil is they'd fuck people on a cave floor over, a, a, like, a, a pentagram, right? Like, God gets a church, right? And it's like, apparently, Satan just has really low self-esteem issues. He just shows up whenever somebody just comes all over the ground. He's like, yep, I'm here. You called me. It's like, you know, it's like some people say that uh, God works in mysterious ways when a wink and a nod. I'm pretty kooky, too. <laughs> um, yeah. Man, it's a good, good day. Hanging out on the mission. This is a good place, Muni Radio. I saw a man almost get executed with a two-by-four across the street one time. Yeah, he got hit in the back of the head. That was pretty good. I've seen some fun stuff in this area. There's a man that rides a Segway around here, too, with a little dog. And I feel like that guy probably has it better than all of us. And, you know, you can't really be sad riding a Segway. That's the truth, right? If you're depressed on a Segway, that is pretty insane. I know this because that is a job I do have occasionally. I do uh, do Segway tours on occasion. That's, that's a horn I should have as my job. I'm just a, a robot clown man. Uh, <laughs> so I ride those around. The thing that's crazy with those tours is that you realize people uh, sometimes take planes across oceans uh, to take Segway tours. And that is horrifying. $70 to go and hang out with me. Uh, yeah, it's a bummer, right? And with the height of the bummer, uh, is I'm, I'm on a tour one time, and this man uh, stops me at the end of the tour, and he goes, Hey, John, uh, listen, I've lived in San Francisco for six years, and I just want to let you know that that Segway tour you just took me on, that was the greatest thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. But that emptiness and that silence, that's exactly what you should feel when a man who lives in San Francisco, California says a Segway is the greatest thing ever. Like, dude, if it's in the, even in the top five, I'm just going to say, I'll give you a Segway as long as you agree to immediately kill yourself. Just please, like, at least you go out on, like, a high note and we can just watch you. At least your life is just a terrible metaphor for, like, technology ruining San Francisco, right? As your Segway just wheeze off into the ocean and be like, well, it looks like technology really did ruin this beautiful utopia. Icarus scooted a little too close to the sun, you know? Um, and I think that's my time, guys. Thanks. John Gallagher, everyone. Segway driver. 
hilarious man. Uh, the person who actually invented segways died going over a cliff on his segway because he was looking. That is that is fake news that I believe. That is an example of fake news that I have believed for years. Yeah, no, try it again. It's well, it's, it's it might be turned off actually. There's a, oh, there it's on now. No, it is. Uh, it's not the inventor. It was the man who acquired the company. All right, so someone did lose their life on a segue because they were an idiot. Yay, everybody clap for John Gallagher. It's a happy hour here on Muni Radio. Your next comedian. What a lovely human being. Clap wildly for Emron Dismore. I don't want to fight you anymore. You put a bullet in my heart. you walked away. Hello? All right, awesome. Uh, found out that Arden is really ticklish, so... <laughs> No one touch Arden, <laughs> unless you're a chick. All right, um, I'm uh, I'm half Persian, uh, half white, so I'm half terrorist, half racist. Okay, all right. Um, I'm from San Bruno. Uh, have you guys ever been to San Bruno before? Yeah. All right. San Bruno so cool. Pigeon try to blow us up. All right. Um, <laughs> you guys like Chinese food? Anyone like Chinese food? Yeah. Uh, have you ever walked into a Chinese restaurant and you're like the only white person there? No. No? no? Have you? No. All right. So like me and my mom, me and my mom, we walk into a Chinese restaurant and uh, we're, we're the only white people that, uh, in the restaurant. And uh, you know, in the Chinese restaurant, uh, there's chopsticks on the table, right? So I asked the waiter, I said, uh, can we have some forks, please? And the waiter went like this. He put his hand up like this in front of the whole restaurant. He said, can I get two fucks over here? <laughs> two fucks. I need a two fucks over here, please. All right. Uh, here's your Kung Pao chicken, Fox. Um, have you guys heard that uh, Caitlyn Jenner is running for Senate? Yay! Yeah, right? Anything's possible, right? Do you guys vote for Caitlyn? Sure. Right? Colin, Colin, vote for Caitlyn? Sure. Awesome. You know, you guys kind of look alike a little bit, right? You and Caitlyn Jenner? No, you're much prettier than she is. Um <laughs> I wonder, uh, she has the most expensive pussy in the world. I wonder, has she even been fucked yet? Has anyone fucked Caitlyn Jenner yet? No. I wonder how she sounds if she gets fucked. Have you guys ever thought about that before? No? And I'd probably be like, uh. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> I guess this is not the, oh, uh, no, no. All right. Uh, how, how do you think she sounds if she gets kicked? Like, kicked kick down there. All right. Uh, I'll move on. Um... <laughs> Why are Muslims better than Christians? Why are Muslims better than Christians? Because Donald Trump is a Christian. Actually, he's a Russian. Did you guys see he hired Sacraducci? No, all right. Um, okay, uh, Muslim sports. Uh, we have some different sports in, uh, in like Muslim people than uh, American people. So like in Afghanistan, we played uh, dodge bomb. Dodge bomb? No. Muhammad, move. Left, right. Muhammad, left, right. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, would you like to know a Muslim sex act? Muslim sex act? Okay. Have you he ever heard of the Muslim whirlwind? No. no? It's when you fart in a girl's mouth and she blows it back on your dick. <laughs> Some women do. Um, okay. Why, why do Indian kids always win the spelling bee? Because that's the only way they'll ever go to Disneyland. No? Rajesh, Rajesh, you better win. You're, that's the only way? Okay, all right. Uh, if you ever want to see Mickey Mouse, no. Okay. Because uh, they're kind of cheap. Um, okay. 
So I have an Indian girlfriend. Have you guys ever dated an Indian chick before? No, dated an Indian chick before. No. So like Indian chicks, like there's some negatives and positives about Indian chicks. So like a negative is that like Indian women have really stinky breath. But the positive is that Indian women give really good head. They keep going even after you come. Oh, it's delicious. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> awesome. I love the bomb. Um, okay. Um, so uh, my wife is pregnant right now. Cheers. No cheers. All right. Awesome. I shouldn't get any cheers. What's up, brother? How you doing? Awesome. You got any kids? All right. I guess that's a. I guess that's a no. All right. Uh, so my wife has this app on her phone. It's called the Bump. It's called the Bump. She's pregnant. She has an app on her phone called the Bump. Uh, pretty much, um, like every week, like it tells us the baby's a different size of a like another fruit. You know? So like last week it was the size of an avocado. So I went to a Mexican restaurant. I started eating some guacamole. Well, I took a couple bites, but I couldn't eat anymore because I felt like I was eating my baby's brains. Dead silence. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, let's see what else I got. All right. Um, I guess I'll I'll end it there. Thank you. Just another day. On the happy hour, we and everybody. They've been doing comedy for a little time and a lot of time, and we're still going to be supportive, and it's going to be great. Is uh, I didn't see Stolowitz yet here, did I? Did, did my occult oubliette friend walk in the door? No? Okay, cool. I do know who is here, though. He could be a guest on occult oubliette, and we could uh, divinate his tattoos and see if we could get any demons uh, to come out of his skin. Everybody, put your hands together for Jeremy Adkins! It's just another day, another oh, day you. in the hood. Hey, Pam, how are you doing? How are things going? I'm not sure how things are going for me. I'm not sure if I'm sleeping enough. I think the sign that I'm not sleeping enough is that I don't know how much I'm sleeping. Like, I couldn't tell you how many hours I've slept in the last four days. I, uh, basically, my problem is, and I've said it here before, um, I'm a middle-aged divorcee with a custody issue. And it's only ramped back up. Like, it was, like, settled, and now it's ramped back up, and... So I'm back on this dealing with my ex thing. Um, by the way, oh, let, let me explain it like this. Marriage is very strange, right? I was explaining to this to a friend of mine who's also divorced. He was saying, yeah, I know. I never thought I'd get married, but I figured if I would get married, it would be to a woman I would love forever and I would just be with. And so getting divorced really hit me hard. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's not at all how I thought of it. I figured I'd never get married, but if I got married, there'd definitely be a divorce. Like, I should ask my wife, hey, you want to marry me so you can divorce me angrily later? It'll be a good time until it's not. Like, the problem with this is that, you know, the, the line in, in the marriage vows, till death do us part? It's true, because even if you get a fucking divorce, there's still somehow in your fucking life. Like, divorce, like, go away. You hate me, right? So, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I was divorced and lived with my ex for like a year. That's how you knew you live in the Bay Area where house prices are so fucked up. Housing is so insane. You'll live with someone who hates your guts, tells you randomly, because your other choice is Tracy. Like, you'll just take the beating. I, uh, I told her she was uh, really, you know, she was uh, sad because she was angry. She's like, no, I'm angry because you're a giant gaping asshole. 
I was like, yeah, well, I mean, that is right. I couldn't argue at that point. But so I was like, look, sad is not the worst place you could be. She goes, oh, okay. You want to talk about the worst place I could be? You broke my heart. Probably never trust another man again. I'm just living in a hell you made every day. Where could be worse? Huh, asshole? I looked at her and I was like, well, you could still be in a relationship with me. She was not going, like, and like I said, it's all over a fucking custody thing, right? Like, have you ever heard somebody bitch about a custody thing? It, they just sound like, like, it's guys. I mean, let's be honest, it's guys. It's the guys who are always like, well, I gotta get the kid. I have to, I don't, I don't get the kid. Now I have the kid. Like, it's a bunch of bullshit. Like, I have a friend, douchebag friend. We all have douchebag friends. You know, we have to make excuses for them. Like, if right now you're trying to think of who in your crew is the douchebag friend and you're having a hard time figuring it out, because it's you. It's you. Like, like, I don't really know you guys, but yeah, it's you. So, he's, you know, oh, she won't take him for a weekend. Five kids, by the way. Five kids, right? She won't take him for a weekend. She's such a bitch. I can't believe it. Blah, blah, blah. What do you think? I'm like, in my head, I was thinking, wow, you're an asshole. Like, you only get those kids one weekend a month. And what came out was, dude, that is so selfish of you. He's like, what the fuck do you mean? I was like, you, you, she only has one weekend a month without the kids. Do you know what that means? He's like, what? That's the only weekend she fucks. Like, that's the weekend she, like, plans to fuck all weekend long. You know, basically, she, like, she should fuck all his friends on Facebook about it. That's, that's, like, how fucked up he's being. So now I'm here complaining to, you know, a room, a, a vast room of comics of great talent who are weighing and measuring my skill about my stupid fucking custody thing. I'm wasting my mic time because it's stupid because I shouldn't be involved for one simple reason. I don't have kids. I have dogs. I have fucking dogs. That's how sad it's gotten. That is how fucking pathetic. Like, I used to be a fucking badass. In my 20s, people were afraid of me. I once made a guy piss his pants. Didn't even put my hands on him. I took the cigarette out of his mouth and I put it out on his hand. But I didn't actually touch him. He weeped a little. He peed a little. You know? Like, when I was in my 20s, I was a bike messenger. I was a bad, like, my nickname was world's angriest bike messenger. Now I drive a Prius. Now I drive a fucking Prius to Whole Foods to buy my dogs raw dog food. That's how fucking sad it's gotten. Yeah. Like, I didn't think I was going to go this far. Um, so, dating is fun. I'll get to this real quick then. I uh, recently got broke up by a woman. And uh, it was good. I thought it was a good news thing because we got to the point where she was either going to break up with me or she was going to stab me. And I've been stabbed before. Like, you don't have to be stabbed to know it, like, sucks. It's pretty obvious. But when you've been stabbed, the warning signs show up real early. Like, you see it coming. And she texted me and said, we need to settle things tonight. Now, you may ask yourself, why I would go somewhere where someone would stab me? And I'll tell you this. Room for a full of miscreant comics that you are. Everyone here probably knows that makeup sex is fucking amazing, right? Well, I'll tell you this. I'll be the only one in this room that knows this. I'm sorry I stabbed you, sex. Fucking incredible. Beyond incredible. And on that note, I'm going to get out of here. You guys were all wonderful people. As always, you should clap for yourselves and not me. I don't deserve it. Pam, you are a beautiful, beautiful person. Keep on rocking. Yay, we 
are all here at the happy hour at Mutiny Radio. Your next comedian has a show here on the station every Wednesday from 10 to minute, 10 to minute, 10 to midnight, called The Night Space. And you can buy his book, High Time Storytime, on Amazon. Please clap right now for Arden. We got it this time. Hooray. Um, yeah, you're sounding like I feel right now. Uh, I, I ate a 70 milligram before I got over here. And woo, we're having fun. Uh, how's everybody doing today? We good? Yeah. Good? Yeah. Excellent. Uh, science needs to stop already. Now they're saying we can extend human life to 200 years. All right? Stop it. Okay? Nobody asked for this. A hundred's fine, okay? Because we've already got kids who are 14 suiciding on Facebook live stream, right? Just to prove a point. Uh, and you're asking me to stick around for 200 years? 200? Think of how many fucking elections that is, okay? I can't, I can't do another one you want me to. I can't, for 50 more? Fuck that. It's not happening. Ah, oh, Christ. But uh, it's, not all, it's not all terrible, right? Because there, there are things in life, like I'm walking around, I'm high, and I, I find things that amuse me, right? Like I walk, walk by a dumpster, and it had on it a sign, and I thought it would make a perfect slogan for women's underwear. And it said, uh, wood only. But then I realized, no, the, the, the lesbian market, they're going to hate it. Uh, but if I put it on the back of guys' underwear and sell it in the Castro, everyone would be cool with that. Yeah. yeah. That would be good. Yeah. Uh, I, th- we've got a couple of female persons in the audience. Uh, yeah. Uh, I got to ask you, ladies, uh, uh, is there any coming back from fucking a magician? Because... I know it's a double standard, right? Because you fuck a magician, you're social pariah. If I fuck a magician's assistant, well, it's just another skirt and a cocktail dress. But uh, the thing about fucking a magician is the only trick they have is alakazam, now you got warts on your clam, and they disappear. That's yeah. uh, really it. And I think the problem with magicians is they, they, they remind me too much of the French. And the French can go fuck themselves. I hate the French because every time I go out to eat, they make fun of my dick. Everyone knows I have a petite boner. You don't need to keep telling me this shit. <sighs> what does Elon Musk know about the mole people that we don't? Because he just started a new company, The Boring Company. And it's, it's not a joke that, you know, oh, it's so boring, you don't want to know it. It's, it's a boring in terms of tunneling under cities for some sort. Whatever he says it's for, it's, not, it's the mole people. He knows. He knows something's up. We got to strike first before they get to North Korea. Anyway, just quick, I just want to rant on this for a second. Charlie Sheen's in a 9-11 movie. That's it. That that's all. Like society, we're done. Charlie Sheen's in a 9/11 movie. 
where he's trapped in an elevator and and that the the high note of the trailer you know the line we're all supposed to remember is him saying it's not they say it's not the fall that kills you like what the fuck 2017 jesus christ ah uh, can we go back to segways can we go back to that you know you know segways blowing up on airlines cuz that's a lot i can handle that but charlie sheen in a 911 movie saying it's not the fall that kills you what the ever who greenlit this shit is it matt damon did he greenlight this shit ah oh. and i want to say that on that note ladies please stop saying that you're a dog mom on your online dating profile to tell that me that you have a pet because if you tell me you're a dog mom, I'm not swiping left or right. I'm calling an ambulance. A dog came out of your vagina. Something is terribly wrong here. It's probably the magician. It's the magician. That's his next trick. You know, Alakazam, you got warts on your clam. He disappears. And the next thing you know, nine months later, you got a litter of puppies. I'll end with this. Seriously, 200 years of this shit you want me to live through? Ah, oh, God damn it. Anyway, uh, Clay Newman's here. Clay Newman, I love you. Thanks for being here. You're a fantastic human being. You're in a Toyota commercial. Two, two Toyota commercials. Double booking, you motherfucker. You know, I'm over here. The only thing I could book was a Jurgens gig. Yeah. <laughs> Giving out Jurgens to ladies in Walmart. And nobody wants this. They booked me because I got the wrong first name. A-R-D-I-N, right? It's the masculine spelling of Arden, A-R-D-E-N. Nobody knows that shit, right? So I'm giving out Jurgens, saying, excuse me, miss, would you like a squirt of Jurgens? Can I pump some out for you? Would you like me to apply some? Nobody wants that. So what I'm saying is I'm the wrong man for the job, but if you want me to do the funnies for you, it's Arden Comedy, A-R-D-I-N, comedy.com. Give it up for your host, Pam Benjamin. We are to Arden. I imagine him doing birthday parties for seven-year-old girls. Your next comedian has a show about the occult here on mutinyradio.fm. He has not done uh, anything about sacrificing babies yet because he really is, like, you know, knowledgeable about, I don't know, candles and the devil. Uh, I'm not trying to discount it. I'm just being a dick. He's a really funny guy, though. You guys are going to love him. Everybody, put your hands together for David Stolowitz. Your house, she is no, I have nothing but respect for those who make the ultimate sacrifice. Is this the right one? Yeah, you're okay. great. All right, we, we've got this vicious pit bull on the loose in our neighborhood. He's terrible. He runs around in sunglasses, biting girls' asses, and keeps shouting, Dolly. It's very annoying. I did that joke in Santa Cruz the other month, and an actual pit bull came up to me after the set. No joke. It was adorable, you guys. He... He, he gets right up to me and he stares in my eyes as if to say, that buffoon does not represent my peaceful, loving people. Now, please pet me. I'm a good boy. It was great. Um, I love hanging out in Santa Cruz, uh, hence the shirt. It's one of my favorite places on earth. 
mostly because I don't have to afford the housing there. But, um, you know, Santa Cruz has so much to offer and people discount it. They just say it's like a college town, but it's got a lot more like tweakers and hippies and punks and metalheads. Yeah, my fan base, basically. Actually, that's not true. The homeless are my real fans. They're so supportive. We hang out after the shows. We share bugs and stories. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys ever done sitting and grinning at the church in DeBose Triangle? It's a lot of fun. They have a free vegan meal for the homeless there. Because you all know how important veganism is when you're on the streets. I mean, you've seen them out there begging for scraps of gluten on the sidewalks. It's an important issue. Um, yeah, but uh, so there's 8,000 homeless in San Francisco, 4,000 in San Jose. Must be nice to know you guys are still beating us at something, right? Uh, but, you know, I, I'm getting really sick of mayors and their short-sighted views of homelessness. Like, they don't realize it's cheaper to just give people food and shelter than it is to stay up all night shining stadium lights in their eyes. These are people who are already intoxicated, despairing, and mentally deranged, and now we want to make them insomniacs. They're not going to be as charming as Dave Attell, I'm just saying. <laughs> Thank you, Arden. <laughs> Uh, you know, it was good to see you angry. I've been feeling pretty angry myself. I wasn't sure I could do some comedy stuff. I was just going to start singing the lyrics to Babylon because I've got a lot of bitterness and jealousy in my life lately. Uh, are we allowed to sing during happy hour? Is there a rule against that? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Next time. I really want to do the karaoke show when that comes back around. <laughs> Um, let's see. So I like Santa Cruz and San Francisco both because I can buy cheap 25 cent jokes off of street performers. And I checked, it's not considered joke stealing if you actually pay for it. So I'm going to gentrify this shit and sell it back for $1.25. I'm going to make it. Um, so here's some of those great stuff, including a few jokes I wrote myself. Uh, how many uh, techies does it take to change a light bulb? Well, it depends. How many of your neighbors are they replacing? <laughs> How many hipsters does it take to change a light bulb? How many? It's a really obscure number. You've probably never heard of it. <laughs> How many comedians does it take to change a light bulb? How many? Ten. One to actually do it, nine to mope around and say, that wasn't his light bulb. <laughs> I got high with my dog and said, play dead. He said, nah, man, play Floyd. <laughs> How many goths does it take to change a light bulb? Oh, what does it matter? Another broken bulb in a broken world. Hand me despair. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, somebody throw out a topic for me. Scratch my brain. Go ahead. The French? Interesting, Graham Galloway. I like that. Um, I was really into the French Revolution for a while. Uh, not just because I'm an Assassin's Creed fan, but like... I really enjoy that revolutionary spirit, you know, until it comes down to having syphilis and being in the gutters. <laughs> Not quite willing to go that far. Um, but yeah, there is something very romantic about being a revolutionary. And uh, I'd like to keep that spirit alive. But I, I worry that I'm selling out a lot of times, you know, becoming sober and trying to make money. Am I giving up on my principles, you guys? I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm worried about a lot of my friends who are addicts right now of various things here and there. I can't force them to get help, but I'm glad we changed the locks, I will say that. <laughs> 
you know, I, Eric was ready to go and get some help and detox and I was talking him through it. We had even called 911, then 311 to get the number. And, uh, he was right outside the place. He was going to spend the night and then go there in the morning, but he chickened out and, uh, he's too afraid of the withdrawal. So it makes more sense to keep injecting heroin into his veins. Excuse me. He snorts it. He's like the, not like those people. We don't want to confuse them. Might want to keep him away for a while. Just saying. Uh, oh yeah, I only did half of the pre-sign thing. Shit. Um, no, you're at five. You're at five minutes. Wow, that went quick. Okay, let's see one more for the run. Uh, how many rabbis does it take to change a light bulb? Change? What is this change you speak of? <laughs> All right, that's enough. Thank you guys. <laughs> David Stolowitz, everyone, listen to Occult Oubliette every Tuesday from 10 to midnight here on MutinyRadio.fm. Your next comedian is a very funny man. We enjoy him every time he comes to the clubhouse all the way from Hayward, I think he hails. Clap your hands together in a slappy like commotion for Cola Sexton! Dome like a scalping, food for thought, and you can get a second helping. Yeah, I mean, but I bring Yeah, now I don't live in Hayward. Uh, I, uh, I live between Oakland and Daly City now. Uh, when I stay in Daly City, I notice a lot of Filipino kids follow me around. Uh, so they know when it's clear to clear and cool to use the n-word uh i don't appreciate that and i don't like them i don't like daily city it uh it reminds me too much of the uk uh anyway that's enough of my ranting banter uh about living situations let's get into some jokes uh well no you know i'm gonna continue to rant i uh i was in front of a judge recently uh not great uh i had way too many unpaid parking tickets and uh you know i you know i i didn't have the money to pay him, but I didn't want, you never want the law to know that you're broke. You always have to feign like you got the money. So, you know, the judge is like, Mr. Sexton, I'm just going to hand out this sentence. I, whoa, 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 before you do that, let's just work something out with the cost and I can make installment payments. And he was like, Mr. Sexton, you're broke. I'm like, no, I'm not. He's like, okay, we'll prove it. How so? He's like, I want you to get a quarter, take a quarter and buy me a piece of gum out the vending machine. Fuck. God damn it. He got me. There was no way out of that one. There was no way out of that one. I tried offering him a hand job. He wasn't that kind of judge. Um, moving right along, I was uh, speaking of being broke. One thing that attributed to that was uh, rising insurance cost. Um, I had a little a couple of accidents. Uh, it wasn't at fault, but my insurance rate still rose. And I had to. Uh, I have to. The culprit partially is the app called Waze. Like I love the shit out of the Waze GPS app. Man, I love that app. You know, you can report that there was an accident or police, which I'm always looking for, or a car stalled on the side of the road. I mean, I saw a car sitting on the shoulder of a freeway, and I reported it on the app to let other drivers know. Uh, a few seconds later, I was reporting an accident, uh, one that I caused by not looking at the road and uh, saying that there was a, a car that was stalled on the side of the road. So, you know, I gave my insurance company the old call and you know, uh, my insurance agent, she won't talk to me anymore. Every time I call her number, I always get that message, M-A-T-L-0-1. The wireless subscriber you have called is no longer in service. And I'm like, that is bullshit. It's up on the website. 
Someone just said they talked to her earlier today. God damn it, man. But um, nah, so that was that. Yeah, car insurance, GPS apps. Like, let's talk about racism, man. Uh, I don't know if you guys listen to NPR or not, but NPR has this show uh, where they they cover various things throughout like your local region and uh one of this was the racist anonymous down in mountain view uh what is that you ask uh it's the clan the ku klux klan uh no uh these people go and uh they they go to this program and it's like racist anonymous is like aa for racist uh you go there you get your first name if you want to do that. And the commercial came on. It's like, hi, I'm Joan. Hi, I'm Carl. Hi, I'm Steven. And then sequentially it said, I'm a racist. I'm a racist. I'm a racist. I'm like, they're a little bit too upbeat with their racism. I don't like that. Um, and they go there and they get help to, you know, help uh, avert their racism, you know, to kind of wash it away. Uh, I was like, like I just said, you know, when I was in Georgia, um, they had racist anonymous. I didn't know. Uh, sometimes it could be your mayor or the fire chief or the police chief or various other people in your community who are all racist anonymous. Uh, how are they anonymous? Because of the white hoods. You know, the Klan, are just, they're just big nerds that nobody gets. You know, they got bullied by the one ethnic kid at their group, in, their, uh, in their school. And now because they, all they want to do is be grand wizards. And uh, Grand Dragons, and nobody would let them live out their dreams of being uh, the best D&D players that they can be. Shit, man. I once saw a guy uh, wearing um, Bluetooth headsets, uh, Beats Bluetooth, like these things. I, I'm going through like Bluetooth withdrawal. That, that shit is, uh, I, I'm going through withdrawal. I, I, you know, it's like having like, having phantom limb. Like I don't have the cancerous, causing device around my neck and um i saw this guy they were white and silver beast by dre bluetooth headsets i just had to ask him where he got them from i ran up tapped him on the shoulder i was like hey bro just let me know where'd you get those and how much did you pay he was like bro you wouldn't believe the price it was a steal and i was like what tell me where best buy amazon like you know tiger direct where'd you get them he was like no i literally just robbed someone down the block uh i was like damn that surround sound must be great because he didn't hear your ass coming all right everyone that's been my time i am cole s sexton Sexton, everyone. Yes. Getting beat up for a Bluetooth. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, speaking of words that start with B, uh, I'm going to bring up booking shows for September because I'm doing that right now. So uh, the newest comedy idea is uh, I've come up with this called uh, Hell in a Handbasket. And I don't like competitions I sort of hate them but I made up a competition that I think everyone will have fun at it's like chopped but you open a basket and it has like premises in it and then you make up a set and la 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 anyways it's gonna be fun uh but 
I'm going to be booking uh, four comedians a time for that. So let me know if you are interested in being in a competition show because I know that that's, I don't know, sometimes those suck. Cause I don't I don't like to be in them. I'm like, oh, aren't I funny enough? You got to have the audience tell me I am too. Ken Suzuki isn't here. Uh, ni- oh, there he is. He just walked in. Do you want to, you just walked in this very second though. So do you want to go up next? Cause you'd be next or do, should you want me to, do you want to wait one? All right, everybody. He's a funny man. You're going to love him, everybody. Ken Suzuki. Yes, man. I think we're about to get hit with a meteor shower. Oh, thank you, hey, guys. You know thank you. And love you how goes it, sir. Oh, uh, so, parents. My mother told me this as a young man. She stood me in front of a mirror, had me look at it, and said, Ken, now, you didn't win the genetic lottery. So when you fuck, you better fuck like you got something to prove. All right, you better be learning how to eat pussy. Just fuck him in the ass because that's the only way you're going to feel it. Because interracial breeding is wrong. Now, oh, I'm sorry. I had jokes I wanted to tell you. Uh, but it's going to be really hard to top the Scaramucci interview. In New Yorker, yes. The Scaramucci, the, or as I like to call the real housewives of Washington, D.C. That happens to be unfolding before our eyes. No, I'm not a religious man. But if there is a God, when he gave us the opposable thumb, do you think he knew it would be just a matter of time before we'd invent fisting? What do you think? Not just fisting, the opposable thumb, it's given us so many different things, but I think it's greatest contribution to humanity, allowing us the ability to pen our own suicide notes. Yes, you gotta know how to do it. You gotta have good penmanship when you pen your last words. One, two, many student loan debts stack up. Fucking, you're just embarrassed, you bomb at an open mic. You gotta have a reason, and you gotta be able to articulate that reason. But no matter what, just remember this, folks. Purple prose does not a good suicide letter make. No. You wanna say more with less. When it comes to writing, be a Nietzsche, don't be a Kant. Uh, but my mother taught me a lot. My mother made me a feminist. She did. The motto in our house wasn't make America great again. No, it was if it bleeds, it leads, period. Because she was woke. Yes, she was. Uh, wokeness. You know, people who use the word woke unironically seem to always be the ones uh, that you want to put to sleep. Just an observation. Just an observation. This is me like exposing myself and my vulnerabilities to the crowd. See, it's the unveiling of the shield. Oh, I forgot what I was going. Is it too late to say the Russians stole my memory? Well, my joke. Is it too late? Are we still on that gig now, or are we moving on to something else? I had more written down, but it's gone. 1488, folks. Thank you very much. Ship. Come on, take a trip. Get Suzuki, everyone. Meow, 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 meow. All right. Your next comedian is super uh, unique because she is the only female that has signed up tonight on the comedy club. I mean, to the happy hour. Uh, she works at Tartine, and one day she's going to bring me one of those. She's going to bring me a, I, I, one of those days. You'll just bring me one of those croissants and we can eat it together like um like in uh, the 
that movie with the dogs when they're eating the spaghetti and the I don't know what happened to me I haven't eaten any pot or whatever but all of a sudden I feel like all funky like really weird like I don't know if it was that Domino's pizza, but I'm feeling really high. Uh, Hey, everybody. Clap your hands together for Shelby Evans. Thanks, guys. How are y'all? Yeah. Cool. Good. I had had kind of like a weird day today. I had a day off, so I... uh, had to do laundry and I like went to the Walgreens on 16th and Mission. It's the worst Walgreens in the city. Don't go there, honestly. But I had to get quarters to do laundry. So I went there. Don't do that. <laughs> so I went there to get quarters to do laundry. And then uh, I, I, in the middle of my transaction, the cashier did something that like cashiers don't normally do. And she pulled out a wipe from under the register and opened her pants and wiped her vagina with it and then put it back under the register and then finished my transaction. Like nothing happened. And I don't typically believe in like karma or signs from the universe. But in that moment, I thought to myself, what did I do to deserve this? Like, why me? Because she chose me. She waited until I got to the front of the line to do this to me. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, like, why? Why me? And is this like, I'm thinking of like all my past mistakes, all the things that I've done in the past. Like, is this because of the time that I stole Monistat from a Walgreens? Is that why? Because like, I would... I would never steal from a mom and pop organization, but I would steal from a Walgreens. I don't regret that, but I don't, I don't think I'm a bad person because I did that either. I feel like after I thought about it, I th- convinced myself like maybe it was a good sign, like maybe she's just trying to warn me of something, like maybe I'm coming on to a yeast infection, but just to be safe, I did steal a box of Monistat. And then I got the fuck out of there. Never going back. Thank you for giving me one laugh. Feels good. Feels good. Uh, I've been seeing this guy for a little while who's really obsessed with his cat. Like, very obsessed. Sends me a new picture of his cat every single day. And it got to the point that I finally had to ask him, could you please... Just send me one picture of your dick. Just one. I just want to mix things up a little bit. Uh, I'm not like typically into nudes or dirty talk, but I uh, I like I feel like it's just would be good. I lost my train of thought. Sorry. This is going so well. I'm not typically like into nudes and dirty texting, but like. I feel like it's because the last time I did that, like the last time I sent a guy a nude of myself, he responded by saying, is that a Picasso painting? And I want my body to be a work of art. And I believe that my body is a work of art, but not a Picasso painting. It's like everything's a little distorted and uneven. I am learning to love my body. That's where you clap, just by default. 
you guys know everything about body positivity and and body issues. I feel like that's the number one thing on the front of the mind of a man. Uh, but I am learning to love my body because society is saying that I can now, which is really great. I used to hate the fact that I have a fat ass and now like I used to, you know, like hide it and every morning I would like try to get smaller and just pretend like it didn't exist. And then now like every morning when I get dressed, I think to myself like, does my ass look fat enough today? I want it to look fat enough. Like I want it to look so fat that I can get a reality show. That's what I want. I think we called keeping up with Shelby's ass. And as long as I work at Tartine and eat a lot of bread, I think I'm I'm on the right path. Thank you. <laughs> I think I'm on the right path. Um I was talking to my guy friend the other day about he's a he's a comedian and he is depressed. I know that that's very shocking. And we were talking about uh, he was complaining because the antidepressants that he takes cause a side effect of delayed orgasm. And I, yeah, that's a real side effect of uh, certain si- like certain antidepressants. And I was shocked that this is something that you could complain about because. To me, it seems like like a fucking golden pill. Like you, you mean to tell me you can take a pill, and it's just gonna make you like generally a better person, and easier to be around, and it's gonna take you slightly longer to come. That's not a side effect. I feel like what I'm trying to say, I guess, is that I think that all men should get on antidepressants, and there will be like a lot less wars. So many less wars and so many more women coming. I think this went really well and it was very productive. <laughs> I, I think I'm out of time. Thank you so much. Keeping up with Shelby Evans' ass. I would subscribe every week. Yay. On the new reality TV channel. Yay, Shelby Evans. Yay. <laughs> Your next comedian is uh, equally as attractive in a different male sort of way, but with the same sort of fluffiness of hair. Do you, do you get, I mean this all as complimentary. Your next comedian is going to make you laugh, everybody. Enoch Eno! What's up, Pam? Hey! What's up, guys? It should have been you. Right? How you doing, bro? Great. Great. Um, what was the subject? Feminism? Um, I, as some of you know, have so much respect and a lot of acceptance for most of men's property. And I think it's a beautiful thing that we get to have them. <laughs> Thank you, Pam. <laughs> When I'm on property, I meant woman. You said that it was okay to talk against feminism. And why is nobody, maybe it's a shitty start. I'm a twin, that's my twin right there. She's a feminist, I'm not. I would like to do some uh, feminist experiences that I had seen. Uh, in Berkeley, there was a very sweet guy and his girlfriend but she was a feminist, 
and he was just a nice, kind guy. And she had that walk of a feminist person that would have this, uh, I am in charge, I am walking, there's a door, I'm an independent woman, I'm gonna open that door because I would like to go in front of the guy, which I like to call as a reverse Saudi. So she was going in front of the guy, and she goes, hello, hello. She got stuck at the door because it said push, but instead she tried to pull it. And as I was on stage, I was gonna tell jokes. And the guy came up behind her and he opened the door. I said, <laughs> feminism. <laughs> You don't have to, it's just jokes. All right, I get it. You know, I don't really have much more. <laughs> the, this, this is just an open mic. You don't have to talk about feminism. The feminism show's oh. at 8 o'clock. You can talk about anything you want. Am I in another, this is an open mic? This is an open mic. Am I not a, is this not the show? Well, there, I, there's two shows. There's comedy here for, for four hours. Oh, shit. This is not the feminist. This is just the open mic. No, you could talk about anything Nobody's, you want. I just walked in. Yeah, but you were on the I list. I even have a number. You were number, you were number 12. A 10. Yeah, you're, no, you're good. You, could talk, you still have um, four and a half minutes left. You talk about whatever you want. Oh, okay. Feminism. Well, I wore a shirt that's my sister made it. And I'm not going to show it because it's really good. Yay! But, uh, it, yeah, so am I on another show after this? I, I mean, if you, if you want to be, yeah, stick around till 8 o'clock. That's the feminist show that's after this one. This is just an open mic. Because I asked you, I asked you if I was, you said come between 8 to 10, 6 to 10, 6 to 8, you know what? Right, you're here. Yeah, so four more minutes of good jokes. How about this? This is a different subject. I, I tried this. I wrote this yesterday. Uh, I used to be fucking bilingual. Not anymore, because I'm an American. I speak English now. I'm cislingual. <laughs> Fuck the bilinguals. <laughs> Thank you. You know what, guys? I, you, you're amazing. You're really good. Those are jokes. I'm actually a feminist myself. Thank you. I voted for Hillary. I would have voted for Bernie Sanders. But he wasn't around. How many more minutes of this? Okay, great. I'd like to do uh, maybe a great classic of mine as a last joke. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> I thought about it, it's so funny. <laughs> so one morning, early in the morning, I woke up and there were some feminist birds tweeting. <laughs> I said to myself, fucking technology, man. Yeah, because the birds were tweeting. It's a Twitter joke. Is it good? You know what? You guys are judgmental. All of you. It is. You've seen. Yeah. All right. Beach Top George Bush. 
Thank you. Here's Pam Benjamin. Enoch, Enoch. Ending on a Turkish joke like a champion. Yes. And I love all the feminism all the way through. It works on both ends. Your next comedian. I just saw his Toyota commercial. You guys really need to get online and check it out. He's playing dork number one uh, with fluffy hair. This is a fluffy hair rock block right now. Clap your hands together, everybody, for Clay Newman. Me, me. What you looking for? Who you looking for? Are you looking for me? Me, 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 me. I don't want to be a jerk about it or anything. He brought his twin, but Enoch stole my entire set. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to do. Uh, I've noticed a, uh, a fun trend in officers of the law. Every cop, every cop hates internal affairs. They hate them. Internal affairs is the enemy of a cop. They all have the same argument. Like, who the fuck do these people are? Standing, looking over my shoulders, just telling me what to do based on some set of rules they didn't invent, I didn't invent, I don't even know. Who the fuck do they think they are slowing me down? I'm like, do you know who you sound like right now? You sound like somebody describing a fucking cop. You sound like that's, that's what you're describing as a cop. Like, I don't understand the arrogance to me. Like, who the fuck are you to tell me what to do? It's getting in the way of me telling other people what to do. It's a little hypocritical. It reminds me a little bit of like, like I like, I love the Eternal Affairs for that reason. Like Eternal Affairs, my relationship with them is like, like remember that feeling when you couldn't get something from your parents, so you went to your grandparents. That's Eternal Affairs right there. Like just Christmas comes around, and like. Grandma, mom won't stop killing black people. Like, all right, honey, I'll get it for you. Uh, I was watching. Uh, I was watching a lady's dog the other day. I was standing outside. I was having a beer, and uh, she, you know, she tied it up to a chair. She asked, "Do you mind watching my dog for a second while I get a beer?" I said, oh, "Obviously, of course. I love dogs." She left, and as she was walking into the restaurant, she looked back and she said. They bite kids, and then she went inside. And like, start with that, man. Like, that's something, I wouldn't have agreed to that. I'm drinking, it's daytime, I'm not responsible for children right now, what are you doing? Like, it's a judgment she made on me. It was either her looking at me and saying, you know what, I'll take advantage of his time. He seems responsible, he could handle this, he could protect children from these dogs. Or more than likely, she looked at me and she thought, you know what, I think kids are gonna have to go around this guy anyways. I don't think children are allowed near him. I think the dogs won't even be an issue. Like a force field for kids. It's uh, unfortunate. Um, I think San Francisco's got some interesting neighborhoods. It's bizarre to me how Block by block, the financial diversity is insane. It's nuts. You could go to Van Ness and you could you could test drive a two million dollar car today. You could test drive a two million dollar car and you could drive it three blocks into the tenderloin and get a four dollar blowjob in it. <laughs> Just take that poor car dealer on the worst test drive of his life. <laughs> In the backseat, like, Jesus, man. All right. Customer's always right. Customer's always right. Not in the leather. Fuck. It's a naughty customer. <laughs> Wanted that joke to be in a Jaguar dealership, but my British accent isn't good enough. It's just got to, couldn't be specific enough. Uh, well, I got to check the old notes here. 
Oh, yeah. No, this is in my memory. I should have this. This is a thing that happened to me. This is a real story. Uh, my car, the first one I ever owned, the first car that was my car, got Molotov cocktailed at one point. This was a while ago. This was about 10 years ago. I had left my hometown to come to San Francisco to go to college. This is no place for cars. I left my car at home. I find out a couple months later, my car had been Molotov fucking cocktailed. No joke, like for real Molotov cocktailed. Somebody put a rag into a bottle, lit it on fire, hurled it at my car, and it exploded. This happened because a boy liked a girl who didn't like my sister. And that's it. That's the entire story. That's the entire story. That's a real story. I'm not lying. Do you know how you know I'm telling the truth? Because that's a horrible fucking story. That is a really awful anticlimactic story. I got Molotov cocktailed. No Yakuza involved at all. Like, not one fucking Russian mobster. Not even a lazy New York accent. Nothing. Just a child of meth looking for love. It's frustrating. Uh... Another fun thing. I was just like looking back at it. You ever not want to write so you just think of childhood memories and hope they're funny? Uh, I had a couple. I had a couple. Uh, I was thinking back. Uh, I was thinking back to the time that I wanted a treehouse. I really, I got it in my head. Like a treehouse needed to happen. Uh, we had a tree in our front yard that was big enough for it. And my dad's like, all right, you can have a treehouse, buddy but you gotta help me build it. And then I stopped wanting a treehouse. Uh, hey, immediately like, I tried, it was hard, I gave up, but I didn't want like my dad to have that victory to know like, all right, well, your failure is gonna cause you some loss. Like I didn't want a lesson to be learned. So every day I just sat treehouseless in the tree, just the weird neighborhood kid, just like, no, I'm comfortable. Somebody throw me snacks. It's laziness. Uh, <laughs> should just call it crazy. I'm just going to call it. That's what it is. It's like if you're ever lazy to the point of like determination, that's laziness. Like if you've ever eaten an apple core because you can't find a trash can, that's what laziness is right there. You know what? You poop, you get a tree. It's a nice thing. It's a good day for everybody. All right, I'm Clay. Angel, Clay angel, Newman, everyone. Pooping trees all over San Francisco. Your next comedian, another funny guy, clap wildly for Jonah Pollock. Let me finish digesting this sandwich. Oh, ma'am. After a minute, I was kind of hoping to steal Clay's thunder with that sandwich. That is a, that is a star turn sandwich. Um, how's it going, everybody? Uh, I'm from the East Coast. Hi. Uh, on the East Coast, I was something of a failure, uh, but then I moved to the Bay Area, and now I make my own schedule. So it's kind of like finding out you can move to the moon and dunk a basketball. You know, it's just... Like, you can be sketchy anywhere, but you move to the... Or at least you used to move to the Bay Area to go pro at it, you know? Uh, how's it going? Uh, I know I, I, this is a childhood memory that's maybe not funny. Anyone want to know how to fix education in America? Yeah. How? All right, when I was in kindergarten and I wouldn't sit still, uh, they yanked me into the office and they're like, why? Why won't you sit still? And uh, I improvised, you know, I guess and I'm like, because uh, my dad is putting beer in my apple juice. 
And it turns out that's one way to get the adults in your life way more involved in your education. Um, yeah. So, anyway, so I used to work at this little like hardware store in Oakland. There'd be a lot of cool dads moving into the neighborhood. It's a thing around Oakland. And uh, there was this one guy who like was into like dressing up heroin chic every day. And then he's like six or seven year old was also dressed up heroin chic. Like, is he trying to get his kid laid? They're like. But also, like, they seem like property owners, so it's like things are very competitive now, even with elementary school. Like, maybe they're like, well, if he can't get a hand job by first grade, we're not getting grandchildren. You know, you gotta, gotta give that kid swag, or no one's gonna want their DNA inside of them. Uh, that's, that's the romantic way of putting it, right? Is, hey, can I hide this with you? Um, maybe it'll be a baby one day. This is, is anyone here planning on reproducing? No. All right. This is, this is like a TED talk now about, <laughs> okay, you want to know, this is how they should teach math in elementary school is just like they should, or algebra even, just frame algebra in terms of like X, if X is the kid, all the variables are all the cool things you can do with the money that you don't spend on a kid. Like, like one college fund equals like a black belt in every type of karate. And yeah, then people would get really good at fucking algebra, I think. I, I'm going to get good at gardening now because of drugs. Woo! Yeah, I'm going to try and grow weed at home, which, like, you know, when I grew up, I hated yard work, but, like, maybe I would have gotten good at it if it was, if there was, like, poppy seeds in the back. <laughs> if I was just fucking mowing a big pile of poppies, fucking learn financial responsibility, how to launder money. Oh, there's that. That's the... Thank you, Pam. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I need to write more. I've just been... Just been cleaning a pot warehouse and bicycling around and treating my cats is way more important than they actually are. Um, yeah, you, you get this. <laughs> uh, I am that guy who sends everyone pictures of their cats. Um, you can hire me to photograph your cat with an iPhone 7 uh, if you would like to do that. Uh, my cat's name is Lexi, which is short for Lexapro. Uh, that's the role she serves in my life. Uh, she keeps me participating in the economy. And uh, remember when they said gay marriage was going to lead to animal marriage? Have you heard about this? Seen this? This is already well outside of the news cycle. Uh, I hope so, because uh, so it turns out a dental cleaning is $2,000. What? Yeah, like I would really like to get my cat on Dentical. I would definitely take my cat down to the Oakland courthouse and tell everybody that she is the most important being in my life. Uh, it's worth at least $2,000. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, people like, you know, to tell me that I only love my cats because there's a virus in their poop, you know, uh, that takes over. Doesn't that just mean that cats turn shit into love, right? <laughs> that, like, that just means that cats are, they should be worshipped. Um, yeah. You ever, you ever opened your third eye eating some cat shit? Um, I bet, I bet if you told a bunch of people that in the Bay Area, at least 100 people would show up and try it. It's just a lot of people who are really willing to do anything. Uh, these are desperate people, and you should all take their money. Uh, I know I'm going to, and I'm going to stop bombing on this set. Um, am I supposed to do like a keg stand of money? Is that <laughs> um, how, how am I doing on time? Did the okay? I have a minute. Uh, howdy, howdy! You look like my new roommate. Um, yeah, he has a sex mask hanging from his door. Uh, you don't have a... Do you have a sex mask hanging from... What's a sex mask? You know, it's like, it's like Robin, but like with like, you know, like red velvet lace on it. The weird bird. 
No, not like not like Eyes Wide Shut. More like uh, Batman and Robin from the sixties. Uh, because he has like genital modification books on his shelf. As uh, those might just be completely. He might like uh, the Jewish holiday of Purim and be into a man with a bisected penis uh, with feathered jewels in it. And on that note, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna leave you. Bye. Jonah Pollock just made me think about dicks in a way I've never ever thought about dicks. That is magic. Uh, yay. Bye, Shelby. Yay. Your next comedian. Boy, oh boy. What a young man who is a nice guy. And and I don't like his crowd work song, but some people do. <laughs> I do. It's in my head all the time. Crowd work, crowd work. Put your hands together, everybody, for Ian Levy. Thank you, everyone. Uh, came from work today. Uh, I got a, uh, I got a, my degree in broadcast electronic communications arts. Uh, thank you. Which is a complicated way of saying I make lattes for a living. So that's my first joke done. I had a man who came in uh, to the cafe actually today and said, uh, hey, this cafe gets great reviews on Yelp. I said, yeah, I know. I write them. So it's like, yeah, it's pretty... Self-explanatory. I like I like going to school. I like school for the most part. Uh, the only the only actual public school I went to, the only actual school I went to was uh, was college. I before that, uh, from first grade all through high school, I was actually homeschooled. Um, and people people often ask me if there's anything I regret about being homeschooled, and I say, you know, uh, there is actually one thing. There is actually one thing I regret about being homeschooled. And people usually jump to like the oh do you do you regret not having like a prom is that what you regret? And I always say like um, no no it's not a it wasn't not having a prom. And people usually assume the next thing is like oh was it a, do you regret not having like the sports the athletic activities to partake in? Uh, and I would say no no it wasn't uh, the athletics. And then people always say uh, was it the not having any friends was it not was it the being lonely all the time? Is that what you regret most? Uh, I would say no, no, it wasn't, wasn't the that. They say was it uh, not having anyone who loved you? No, no one who loved you. Was it just the vapid void in your life in your childhood? I would say no, no, it wasn't, wasn't that. People say, uh, do you regret uh, the crushing depression? The crushing depression you went through constantly, this lack of a purpose. I say, uh, no, no, it wasn't, wasn't the lack of purpose. It's the, if I had to, if I had to pick one thing uh, that I regret about homeschooling, it would be uh, not having a locker. <laughs> Just 18 years of nowhere to put my stuff. <laughs> kind of a bummer. That was the end of that joke. So that was that was. It's almost there. It's not quite working, but that's okay. That's fine. The um, I've changed a lot. I've grown a lot as a person. Uh, my interests changed a lot as I've gotten older. People often, you know, like if you were to ask me, uh, what I liked uh, about seven eight years ago, you know, I would have said like, oh, oh, you know, I like uh, comic books 
and video games and hanging out with my best friends. Uh, and now if you were to ask me the things I'm into, what I like, uh, you know, because I've changed a lot, I would say, uh, oh, you know, I like comic books and video games and hanging out with my best friends. That's all. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he got it. That is a difference in tone voice joke. That is that is the level of brilliance I'm working with up here. Stay stay tuned, people. I'm hot. I'm coming in hot. Um, I just went to my dad. Uh, my dad just got married. I went to his wedding uh, three weeks ago. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I went to my my dad got married. This is kind of funny, actually. My dad got married uh, to a woman, a woman whose name her name is. Uh, not my mom! So that's going well. I've been reading up uh, a lot about feminism recently. I've been reading up a lot about feminism. Um, because I do, I think it's very important, right? Uh, to know your enemy. So that's my, uh, I'm on to you women. <laughs> oh dear. Um, this isn't really a joke, but I just, just, do you guys like Old Dirty Bastard, the rapper? <laughs> I can't not, I listened to it once today, uh, the, the song Shimmy Shimmy, and I just can't stop doing Shimmy Shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. Give me the mic so I can take it away. See, there's no joke there, but that's just that's just running through my head on repeat all the time. Uh, I don't have a lot of money, I don't have a lot of money, and I realized I don't, I don't care about being rich. I don't, I don't wanna be rich in life. That's not something that interests me necessarily. I just want enough money uh, to get more stuff if my current stuff breaks. Like that is, I feel like that's not, I feel like that's not too much. Uh, like I tore a hole in my pants uh, and now I just have a hole in my pants. Like I can't afford new pants. Like that is, that is the way the world works. I can't afford new, if my computer breaks, it's done. That's it. That's goodbye computer. I just have to hold on with duct tape and prayer that everything will work out. Um, did I have a short joke? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I like this joke, even though people don't. Um, but I do this for me, so that's, you know. Um, recently, uh, this is, this is me doing real, real, entering real comic mode. Oh, uh, you guys, you guys, you guys hear about this? Uh, recently I've been, uh, I've been, I've been wondering, I've been wondering, do people at pencil conventions chant word number two? <laughs> That's my only real joke I've told tonight. Okay, thanks, guys. Ian Levy with his jokes and his funny bits. Yay! Your next comedian. We had a we had a little confusion tonight. I don't know. You guys are all part of the San Francisco comedy community, so you know there are many Dorseys. There's actually two. There's a Larry Dorsey and a Terry Dorsey, and I got real confused old tonight. But you know who's here right now for you? The very funny Larry Dorsey, yeah! Yeah. So y'all, some of y'all know me and shit. I'm born and raised here in San Francisco, and I went to a really, really ghetto middle school. Ghetto as shit. I was like nine years old. People were having sex in the bathrooms. People were selling drugs and playing Pokemon. And that was the teachers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm working on that. And we, and we, we, you know, niggas had guns. 
but we never had school shootings. You know what I'm saying? We had shootouts <laughs> with the cops. No, I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> squeeb. Um, <laughs> I was watching the news the other day, and it was all like, oh, the, the news anchor was trying to be hella clever and shit. It was like, OJ Simpson went from player number 32 to inmate number 132 and <laughs> Bob and shit. And um, I, in my mind, I was just like, these motherfuckers ain't funny. And then they go, his cellmate was a six foot nine serial rapist. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, OJ Simpson went from OJ Simpson to blow J. Simpson. <laughs> and he gave up the juice. Okay, um, <laughs> squeeb. Um, <laughs> the first time I got arrested was at my middle school. I was t 11 years old. I got manhandled by an officer. And I'm gonna tell y'all why it happened. We had a very bad class. Like, people would throw hardcover books at the teachers when they weren't looking, and their head would, like, slam into the chalkboard. It was hilarious. Um, <laughs> we had one of those classes. We had a class, and you're looking at me like, you're, like you've taught before, and you fuck with them niggas before. But we had one of those, like, horrible fucking classes. We had 17 teachers that year. I'm not exaggerating. We had exactly 17, and one of them fucking died. Not in the class. <laughs> it was like he had a heart attack like after the school was done. They can't put prove it on us. But it was like it was a fucking crazy ass year. It was it was amazing though. It was great. I didn't learn shit. I got A's. <laughs> and so I got arrested because the only teacher who could handle us was a black teacher, of course. And he had a jerry curl. And he sipped Hennessy on the job. <laughs> so he would walk around the class and go, y'all little motherfuckers need to shut the fuck up. And then he would take a sip of the Hennessy and everybody would just be hella quiet. <laughs> I swear, Mr. Johnson, I'll never forget. And the way, his method of teaching us, he would have us bring in our movies of our choice and we would just watch movies the whole class. And so we would always bring in like straight rated R movies and shit and have a ball. And we brought in next Friday one time. And this is where like where our, our, our run with Mr. Johnson, the only guy who can control us, ended. Um, we were watching next Friday. It was a part where Ice Cube was rolling up weed and watching like that Latino lady strip in front of him. <laughs> And the school, you know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> He's like, that's my favorite part. Okay. Um, so the fucking school counselor comes in at the time, right? And she's like just checking in, making sure. And we had on school police. We're like fucking 10 years old and shit. And she she comes in, she looks into the room and she says, okay, everything's cool. And then she like kind of hears like the movie and then she goes to look and she sees, she goes, what rating is this movie, right? <laughs> and Mr. Johnson is like, shit, I don't know, man. The kids brought that shit in, right? And he's kind of like turning his back to her and shit. And she's all like, okay, um, um, who has the case? And when she saw the case, it was motherfucking rated R. So she, uh, she had to tell the police to come in because the class, we started causing a scene. Like, nah, don't turn off the movie, nah. And so the officer walks into the room and I slam the desk. I go, this is preposterous. I was a, I was a genius 10-year-old. And, um, and I pick up a book and act like I'm going to throw it at the cop. I go like this. But I don't throw it. And the cop flinches so fucking hard. It like hits the door. It was like hella dramatic. And because of that, she arrested me and the whole <laughs> and she went and like the whole class went crazy they're like free my nigga Larry like <laughs> all the ghetto shit was going on it was hilarious what's up brother yeah I'm smooth I'm smooth <laughs> and yeah she eventually let me go but I did I did have to ride in the car she scared the shit out of me how much time do I got 
for sure i got one minute um <laughs> i was gonna say this um have you guys ever noticed that the shape of cashews like the nuts cashews is the shape of africa <laughs> y'all noticed that before that's crazy right and it's interesting because black people, we like to keep our cash in shoes, right? <laughs> so, so like, and it's and like the other day I was with two of my cousins. Man, I'm leaning down like a motherfucker. The other day I was with two of my cousins and they were fighting over shoe boxes. And I was like, damn, niggas always fighting over shoes. But then I realized it was because they mixed up the stash and they had the same shoes. They didn't know whose shoe box was whose, right? So they're fighting over that brilliant idea popped in my mind. I was like, I should start a black bank, right? <laughs> in partnership with Foot Locker <laughs> and just have hella shoe boxes. And when black people come up, I'll be like, what's up, man? What you need? I'd like to make a deposit. <laughs> I have the size 11 Air Maxes. I would like to put, okay, no, not funny. You see where I'm going, nigga? <laughs> okay, for sure. Okay, I'm gonna say this, shit. Did y'all know that humans share 96% of DNA with bananas? That's true, right? I guess that's why I'm peeling all these bitches. Okay, all right. Hey, you know what? Actually, fuck Larry! Dorsey, yay! Yay, and then yay. Squee. I don't even know what that means. Yay! <laughs> I'm, and I hope it's not like skeet. I hope it's something much nicer than skeet, skeet, skeet. Motherfucker. Your next comedian surprisingly knows more about hip hop than I do. You guys are going to enjoy the jokes of Stefan Massey. Greetings, Earthlings. Take me to your women. Check out my spaceship. Who's that, Bam? If you know. The music, Bam, the music just played? Who was that? Uh, it's called. It's called Enzyme Dynamite. Cool. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um,. So I want to talk about something. I try not to use mics as uh, forums or uh, for soapboxing because then all my sets would just eventually turn into rants. Uh, but sometimes I just need to vent. Uh, so I want to talk to you about autism spectrum disorders. And uh, let's hone in on that middle word, spectrum. And that means that people who have these mental conditions have varying degrees of the symptoms. On one end, you'd have a kid that might be totally nonverbal and incredibly antisocial. And on the other end, you've got, well, someone like me. Uh, who's more than a little awkward and perhaps described by people who've just met me as uh, shifty-eyed. Uh, but my point is this, falling anywhere on the spectrum doesn't mean that you get to use it as a license to fuck up repeatedly. And it sure as shit does not mean that you get to treat half the population of the planet as if they're your inferiors. These people, my friends, are called sociopaths and they need to be funneled toward the nearest intensive therapy sessions available to them. <sighs> and I really don't want to turn this into drama. But if I did, uh, what, really, what's the worst that could happen? Like, the next time I have to fix my laptop, I might have to take it to the Apple store. I'd rather be mishandled by the most inept genius at the bar than ever be berry licked again. <sighs> yeah, that's what this was about. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get a little distance from that, lighten the mood. I say that after my, my jokes that bombed, too. Uh, not that those were jokes. Uh, but do you guys remember this movie that came out a few years ago, uh, Silver Linings Playbook? With, uh, it was, yeah, it was, it's, a f it's fun for the first, like, seven-eighths of it, and then it kind of just devolves into rom-com tropes. Uh, but still, you know, a good time for the most part. But, but there was one bit that I really appreciated uh, when, for some reason, Bradley Cooper asked J-Law about why her and her dead husband didn't ever have kids, and she says... Uh, I can barely take care of myself. 
I, I viscerally relate to that. Uh, that's, that's, and because I, uh, sort of have a kid, but he lives in my brain. Uh, and he's a very late bloomer. Uh, so, you know, when I'm in 60s, in my 60s, and he's got a place of his own, uh, maybe I'll think about adopting if the nest feels too empty. Uh, <laughs> has anyone here seen that new mummy movie? Anybody? Yeah, no, that's, that's about right. That's what I figured. Uh, I haven't heard anything positive from anyone, but I think it has done one good thing by way of letting Brendan Fraser remind everyone that there's only one fucking mummy movie, and it came out in 1999. Uh, and I'm glad for this because Brendan Fraser is a very misunderstood person. Uh, most of the things he says carry great weight and significance, such as, who remembers a little movie from back in 2005 called Looney Tunes Back in Action? Yeah, yeah. He had a bit part in it in which he played his own stunt double, uh, and he went on The Daily Show to promote it, and the first thing he said after he sat down, he turns down and he says, guys, guys, this movie, it's not Space Jam. And depending on how you feel about Space Jam, that could be a good thing or a bad thing. It was a, it was a bad thing. Uh, <laughs> but what you need to understand is Space Jam has the highest ratio of filmed content to memes that, that exists currently. Uh, there are hundreds, if not thousands of hours of filmed, uh, of a re just of remixes to the movie's main theme on YouTube. On honestly, you can go on there and search most songs are have probably been mashed up with the Come On and Slam and Welcome to the Jam. Uh, and you know, it's and to say nothing of the millions of images and uh, think pieces and retrospectives, was Space Jam actually good? Space Jam can never be truly understood, and here's why. Was Space Jam actually a metaphor for apartheid? Uh, so what Mr. Fraser was really trying to say is please don't expect that this movie is going to be the cultural touchstone that Space Jam was. Please just turn off your brain and enjoy this movie. It paid for my boathouse. Uh, all right, I'll leave you guys with this. Uh, we've had a couple of mics closed down in the last couple of months, and so in the spirit of longevity, I've been singing this song at uh, all my favorite mics, and especially in the spirit of the fundraiser Pam's having next week, I think this is very apropos. So, I just want to say, this is the mic that never ends. The jokes go on and on, my friends. Some people started hosting it not knowing what it was, and they'll keep right on telling jokes in silence just because this is the mic that never ends. This premise needs some work, my friends. Okay, I'm Stefan Massey. Thanks. Stefan Massey, everyone. Singing songs, having fun. Yeah. Uh, Boris and Paul haven't shown up yet. No? All right, your next comedian. He is a special individual who has a great show on Sundays here at the station from 2 to 4 called Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Clap your hands wildly, everyone, for Mike Spiegelman! Good to see you guys. Uh, my name is Mike Spiegelman. Uh, whew. I, I have my joke book on stage. I know a lot of comedians, it's, it's taboo. Not, to, to, not that I'm talking inside baseball. I'm just saying the reason why I have my joke book in my hand uh, while I perform is that in case during my performance I think of a joke, I can write it down. <laughs> Let's give it up for Space Jam and Looney Tunes back in action. Very underrated movie. Very underrated. Don't get me started about Space Jam. I realized, let me tell you a story. I was, uh, my friend hooked me up with the best Hillel youth uh, gig ever. Uh, these kids were gonna have a dance and the parents said, oh no, we don't want our kids to have a dance. Uh, let's get a bunch of comedians and they could have a little like uh, fire thing over at the uh, place. So we were at the center and it was myself and a good friend who I won't mention his name, but 
uh, I was talking to a bunch of kids and all these kids did not give a shit about comedy because all the girls were like, how come we don't have a dance? We want to dance. And all the guys are like, wow, you know, if we dance with these girls, it'll be pretty hot. So I was on stage and I tell the joke, I said, uh, uh, don't you hate it? Like when you wake up in the medical tent of a rock concert, only to find out you're at a Hollow Notes concert. <laughs> Like, man, where am I? Chill out, Spiegelman. I'm a doctor. You're at a concert. Oh, yeah, you took too much drugs. Oh, yeah, what concert was it? Hall and Oates. What? Well, anyway, kids did not get the reference. So I always have to be up to speed. So now I figure, like, <clears throat> my references need to be culturally relevant as Hall and Oates, so I'm all about Space Jam. It's my roundabout point. I know, I've written about 15 minutes of Space Jam in case I'm in a circumstance where I need to pull out the Space Jam material. Again. My favorite Space Jam is the Space Jam uh, Sprint commercial that came out after the sequel to Space Jam. It was an actual commercial where Michael Jordan wanted to call his Space Jam friends and he called to use Sprint, or whatever it was, the phone service. So if I may unpack it, see what I did? I used the current term, if I can unpack it. It's nothing to really unpack, but let me just put it this way. It is a commercial based on a movie based on a commercial for various different products. <laughs> Sorry, all right, <clears throat> I apologize. Uh, I have very difficult, it's difficult for me to read comic books. I don't really understand the story. And I realize the reason is that I don't read the thought bubbles. It's none of my business what Batman's thinking. Right? He's, and it's the worst is when you're reading a book because it's like quotation mark. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what uh, Batman has to say. And it's like, oh, I hate the city, thought Batman. I'm like, no, it's none of my business. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Mike Spiegelman. Thank you, Mike Spiegelman doesn't want to know what Batman thinks. Come on, your next comedian. Clap your hands wildly for Jason Cole. Like 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 Guys, I can't stay long. I have diarrhea. <clears throat> no, nothing. All right. Does anybody here have a superpower? I can. Some, what's your superpower, sir? <laughs> that is pretty super. <laughs> I can predict the future sometimes. Let me give you an example. Just yesterday, I had the diarrhea. Yep, the joke is still going. I was making dinner, you know, four chili cheese dogs, and I had a vision. I'm thinking, you know what, Jason? This time tomorrow, you probably gonna have the diarrhea look Nostradamus guys is he chewing gum up here yeah he is uh, that was bad so do we have any community college alum here tonight yeah no show-offs you went right into college after five years of high school okay whatever I went to Diablo Valley Community College in the East Bay a wonderful two-year college I loved it so much I went for eight years <laughs> Eight consecutive years, double major, in not showing up to class and engineering. And by engineering, I mean learning how to make a pipe out of a zucchini. <laughs> Minor in agriculture, yes. 
Meet me at any farmer's market mutiny and we'll get high. Is the joke still going? It is. Eight years of community college where I amassed 749 non-transferable units. Transferable? What's that? Like transferring to a college. And I'm like, no, the whole reason I'm in community college is that I'm not fit for college. College. In my defense, my guidance counselor was my weed dealer, too. I'm no paraplegal, but that sounds like a conflict of interest, guys. Let's do some crowd work. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Is anybody here from out of town? Whew. Do we have any organ donors in the audience? Organs. Nice. Very selfless, like me. I usually do that, and all the young people are waving their hands. They got their little pink dot on their license, and... Uh, I'm an organ donor too, not because I care about other people. It's more of a, a practical joke. I know where my organs have been. I know how much alcohol, you know, I've put through the system. And I know how in the past, all the drugs I did earlier tonight, you know, no, no body is going to accept my organs. So it's a goof. So when I finally die in five years or so, you know, maybe I'm in the ER on the table. Doctor's trying to save me. I just flatline. Doctor's like, we lost him. And the nurse is like looking through my wallet, finds my license, sees the pink dot and says, oh, he's an organ donor and he's not 5'10". But hey, the doctor's like, oh my God, we have organs. We have organs. Timmy, call Timmy's parents. We have organs for him. Timmy's parents, wake up. Yes, we have organs for you. Yep, some shitty comedian got shot at mutiny. Yeah, he's got organs. Cool, yeah, come. And the doctor's like scrubbing up with the other doctors. Like tonight, boys and women, doctors, we're all gonna, we're gonna save a life tonight. We're going to save a life tonight. Come on in. And then they cut me open and they remove my ribs and they start to try to harvest my organs and they go, oh, come on. Really? Like this is a liver? Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Good job, Mr. Cole. Even in death, you're still funny. Nice, huge penis too. It's my joke. I can have a huge penis in my joke. Where is one of the 30 mic stands? My name is Jason Cole, guys. Thank you for staying silent. Appreciate it. Guys, stay quiet. When I got home, Jason Cole, everyone. Ending on a dick joke like a professional. Your next comedian just heckled someone with his autism. We're excited to see what he's going to do. Clap your hands together for Graham Galway. I got nowhere to go. I got nowhere to go except to live with... I was going to compliment the music. Then I, then I heard it. Uh, so yeah, like all the other assholes tonight, I'm reading off my phone. Because uh, I really care about you as an audience. Um, everyone in comedy, we have a dating story, right? All right. I have a dating story. I haven't told it before. Um, I got dumped for not hitting a woman. I'll say that again in case anyone misheard me. I got dumped for not hitting a woman. I was dating this girl. She was into getting slapped around. I wouldn't do it. I got dumped. Now, my female friends have a lot of opinions on this, but they all seem to agree I'm the asshole. And I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> anyway, uh, she's dating Chris Brown now, so I hope she's happy. There it is. Um, moving right along. I recently discovered something called rape porn. Don't get high and mighty on me. You watch it too. It's on every Sunday. It's got the you know Peter Dinklage and you know Game of Thrones. It's, it looks like a great show. You know, here's a nice character, nice interesting character. Oh, she's getting raped. 
Oh, it's Daenerys. Oh, no, no. She's getting raped. Oh, look, a horse. <laughs> Fucking really? <laughs> I, I feel especially bad. Um, for anyone on the uh, listening to us on the internet, no, there's not a braying donkey here in the studio. Um, that, that was a laugh. And I appreciate it, Ard. I really do. Uh, you, does anyone else hate it? When people complain about gentrification, if you, if you think about it, forcing people out of their homes and not killing them, that's, that's a step forward for white people. That's more than we have done historically. It's not the Trail of Tears anymore. It's the U-Haul of inconvenience. And you're all just as bad as me. And honestly, that's why ISIS pisses me off. Like, taking over territory killing the inhabitants. You can't do that. That's called Manifest Destiny, and we invented it here in fucking America. Where did the rest of that go? <laughs> oh, I probably shouldn't ask this. Are there any Native Americans here tonight that I just pissed off? All right, those smallpox blankets did the trick. Uh, I, I happen to love I happen to love reading about history. There's this one tactic, it's called scorched earth. It's really badass. What you do is you take everything you have that your enemy might want and you burn it. And then you dare them to come and get it. So when I got divorced, I burned down the house, gave all my money to charity, and dared her to sue me for it. We were living with my mom at the time. I was on unemployment at the time, but I think she got the message. Um, nah, we'll leave all that for next time. I, uh, this is a, I hope it's a semi-diverse crowd. Is anyone here not quite straight? Just, just a little, anyone gay, lesbian, queer? All right, statistically a few of you are full of shit. I, I love women, I'm a little bit gay. Like, I, I'm attracted to men now and then. If they're really feminine, if they don't challenge my masculinity in any way, if they seem like less of a man than me. Like you, you're out. We're, we're not dating. Arden, can I buy you a beer? <laughs> That's my time, you guys. Thanks a lot. Graham Galway hitting on other comedians in the audience. I love it. Your next comedian, she's the other woman on this bill tonight. There were only two. That's crazy, but you're going to love her jokes right now. It's Trina Roderick. He's looking for something. What you looking for? Who you looking for? Who you looking for? Me? Me? So I, uh, how you guys doing? I still don't like to do booked shows because I really hate the pressure of like not being able to experiment. Like I really want to bomb the fuck out of my set and not give a fuck fuck right so i wish i could uh you know tag or comment on some of your jokes but i'm still obsessing about uh ken suzuki's bit on how the thumb makes fisting possible i don't understand i don't seems like it's less possible with the thumb right i don't it makes it is that what it is okay i yeah so anyway uh you know, they tell you as an artist, you know, do what you know, right? 
something like that. And so I am a pro bono lawyer, and so what I know is free legal advice. So I was like, well, you know what? What if, hold on, what if I combine free legal advice and crowd work? Huh? 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 Oh, yeah. Let's do it. So does anybody in here want some free legal advice? All right. All right. What was your name again? Graham. Graham. Okay. Graham. Uh, before we get started, I just want a quick disclaimer. Like, what I'm about to tell you is not actually good advice. This is a comedy show. Right, so I get that there might be some overlap between quality legal advice and humorous hilarity. <laughs> but you know, if I have to choose between one or the other, I'm gonna choose hilarity, okay? So don't, don't follow this advice, don't sue me, okay? Nobody's gonna get sued over this bullshit, okay? We're just, you're just gonna quickly, in like two minutes, because that's how much time I think I have. Two minutes, tell me your story, right? Like the one thing that people do when they try to get free legal advice is tell like a three-hour story. And I just, I want you to like, we're clear, you have two minutes, okay? So two minutes. And um, also, real quick, what you should probably also know about me is um, I'm a Troya lawyer. And the, the thing about trial lawyers is... Uh, well, okay, see, everybody is afraid of lawyers, right? Is that a fair statement? I mean, people have this general fear, right? And the thing about being a trial lawyer, it's, it's actually I'm a trial attorney, which is kind of like the difference between a barrister and a solicitor in Britain. I don't know the difference. I'm not British. But the difference between a lawyer and an attorney is I'm in court a lot, right? So the thing about being a trial attorney is that uh, lawyers are afraid of trial attorneys. This is a very bizarre experience to be you know, the kind of, have the kind of skill, right? Like, I'm like, what, bitch? Like, you're afraid of me because I can exert, ex, ex, uh, like, I know how to exercise my legal rights. That's why you're afraid of me? Okay. Uh, so anyway, all right. So uh, let's see. Oh, also, just, just yesterday, I figured out a new life hack. We'll get to you in a sec. You've got like one minute to tell me, right? And then we'll get to it. So I just figured out this new life hack, okay? If you're in target and you're crying and you're buying multiple boxes of cat food okay if you forget to scan one of the boxes they're gonna let you have that shit they're gonna they're gonna wave you okay that's that's my that's my horn that i've done time that's what that means i'm a trial lawyer i've done time okay so here wait almost done almost done but there's also a lesson in that which is, okay, if you're crying in Target buying multiple boxes of cat food, like be really careful that you scan all of them because the only way to get down lower than being in Target buying multiple boxes of cat food is if you accidentally steal one of the boxes. You know what I'm saying? Like, just be super careful because that is lower than crying in Target boxes. Okay, so I feel like I've answered most of your questions about what it's like to get free legal advice. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much for playing. Trina Roderick, everyone. Free legal advice. Don't steal the cat food.
especially while you're crying or maybe do it while you're crying because then they won't notice you always cause a scene that i think is the lesson from that wonderful set your next comedian he is a traveling man with fluffy hair everybody put your hands together for jackson banks thank you thank you for that is this is this on all right, thank you. And I won't be intimidated. I'm not traveling. I live here now, and I'm not leaving, no matter how hard you push. Do you understand? All right. Um, you guys, uh, Liquid Courage here. Anybody do the uh, the Liquid Courage? You get sauced up when you're trying to get sex, when you're trying to manipulate people into fucking you. Um, I don't. I don't believe in Liquid Courage. I don't think being inebriated helps you like be smooth or anything. But I, I think that alcohol is like the way to go. You know. Because at least then the woman knows she's being harassed, you know. Because if you hit on a woman like when you're high, you're just she's not gonna know what the fuck's going on. She's you're just like, hey babe, I want to be inside you, but I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about shrinking myself down like on that episode of Magic School Bus and taking a close look at your organs, making sure you're healthy. You know what I'm talking about? That's something you'd like to do. But fella, in all reality, if if you want to be confident with the ladies, do LSD, okay? Because you're going to be like, ladies, who wants to get with the Lord Jesus Christ? <laughs> you know, let, women love that kind of confidence. They love it. Um, I, th- I think, I mean, green eggs and ham is about LSD, you know. It, cause it, it, when you're trying to get someone to trip for the first time, they're just like, I want to do it in a house. I want to do it with a mouse. And then you get them to trip the first time. And they're just like, hey, let's do it on the train. Um, I grew up in Utah, Mormon, white. White, I'm Wonderbread. Hey, shut the f- come on. They're they're already dead. I'm 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 the one that needs help. Send this said the ambulance. God damn it. This is fucking hard. Uh, and I grew up white in Utah. Um, and people would just be like, "Who's your?" Uh, and I'm not Mormon anymore, but I grew up I, I grew up Mormon. Uh, and and people would be like, "Who's your favorite superhero?" And I'm just like, "Jesus Christ!" They're like, "Not Iron Man, not Superman, Jesus Christ." What are his powers? I'm just like, "Well, turning water into wine, raising the dead, and tearing families apart." Um, <laughs> so, I, uh, I I I was hitting it off with this Mormon, this young Mormon gal at work, and uh, it was it was some sexy stuff, definitely. And, and, I, and, and uh, I don't think it was because it was like a forbidden fruit kind of thing. Like, oh, she's Mormon and I'm not. I think that was biology trying to make the best of both worlds. Because I would look at her and my body would be like, hey, with your militant atheism and her devout Christianity, you might just make a person that's tolerable to be around. <laughs> you, you ruined that punchline. Please take a seat. Please take a seat. I'm just... <laughs> Just kidding around. Don't you love when you, you're a fucking asshole with crowd work and it bombs and you're just like, well, the audience is against me now. It's great. Crowd work is so lame. Who's this fucking asshole without a microphone? Try talking back. You'll sound weak. You'll sound so weak without the microphone. No, you're cool. We're Facebook friends, me and this guy. I like his stuff. I like your stuff. So I don't have to talk to you after. I'm going to tell you right now. I like your stuff. Um, how, what is that? Two minutes? One minute? You guys watch child pornography? Anybody watch child porn? I don't. Ugh, yuck. I fuck grown women. I'm, I'm not a loser, you know. But I, uh, I, I'll be at home, you know, trying to have a, a peaceful wank, 
And at the bottom of the page, there'll be this weird ad that's just like, 18 and abused. Blah, blah, blah. And like the girl looks way too young. So there's like this gateway to child porn right next to my regular porn. And I thought those were two separate worlds, like glossy girl on girls over here, child porn's over here in hell. But apparently when you ejaculate, it all goes to the same malevolent God. Like when you, when you come a giant black tentacle thing in space, it's just like, ooh, it's all the same to me. Um, you know, it, porn's perfectly natural for a young man. No, it's perfectly natural if you're a petulant boy emperor in 1850 in a sultan's palace. Just like, servants, I need two women fucking now. Make the noise again. Kiss again. Servants, can you make her age normal but almost weird? Um, thank you. This has been outstanding. It was totally worth my time. Let's be friends. All right. Jackson Banks We have one last comedian for you tonight On the happy hour Clap your hands together for James Mitchell Hello everybody Yeah she just My name is James Mitchell Let's have a big clap for San Francisco It's a great fucking city Yes, yes, yes. It's the only city where you will pay six grand a month to go outside and catch a crackhead shitting by your car. And you're, and you're wondering, dude, like, what's up? Oh, good morning. Like, dude, you just shit on my, on, my, on my goddamn license plate. Like, there's no good morning. There's an ass kicking, you know what I mean? Like, I'm from the hood. I'm not going to lie, but I'm from the educated hood. I'm from the hood where you don't fucking do that or you get your ass beat. Kids these days, they just fucking run around, paint the color of their hair. And then have no consequences. Well, fuck you, mom. If I would have said that shit, mom would have died. I would have been dead. I would have had Nintendo stuck up my fucking ass, man. I'm like, what the hell? What's going on here? So, yeah. Also, you know, I'm a Bart writer, avid Bart writer. So, you know, every time I get on Bart, I've got the whole shit moment because I'm like the biggest person and there's no fucking room for me. And then there's all the one guy that wants to drink a vegan fucking drink and then fart right in front of there's a whole fucking area. I'm like, damn, dude, come on, man. Control your greenery, bro. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I understand that you want to be healthy and clean, but save that shit for the stop. You know what I mean? So that's another thing that goes on in my life. Actually, I have more than one girlfriend at the time, which is great right now because I love the liberation of women. Love equality, yes. Because it works for me. It doesn't work for every guy, but it works for me. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I don't really want to be with you all night. Perfect. I didn't want you to be. Yes, I'm going to play fucking Call of Duty now. We just had sex, you can leave, thank you. Door's right there, you know what I mean? And I can call a lift too, which is rather cheap for me. You know, 20 bucks right there, you know what I mean? There and back. That's, I mean, I'm okay, it's kind of like paying for it, but I'm not that guilty. She's my friend, you know what I mean? Come around in a circle, you know what I mean? I'm also a great chef. That's how I get the most of the majority of my dates. You know, I'm a good gumbo cooker. My family's from the South. So yes, you know, I got the jambalaya and everything that you need there. You know, the only thing I don't like is that when that gets cooked around, like all my white friends are like, oh, yo, can I come over? I've never tried gumbo in my life. I'm like, yo, if you never tried, I mean, how many of y'all tried gumbo? Beautiful, right? If you haven't tried gumbo or at least eaten watermelon in your life, you're not, there's, there's no, you know, the things that black people eat is, is great. You gotta eat it. Gumbo, watermelon, fuck chillings. Um, anything, fuck the pig, period. But you just wanna eat anything that we prescribe for you. We're the best, though. I mean, at everything, dancing, music, whatever. You know what I mean? We're just cool, you know? White people, you guys are cool at running things. That's cool. You know, you know, you guys come, but you know, you're starting to fuck shit up now. And we're starting to notice it more, but you know what I mean? But we still love y'all. You know, it's like, okay, you know, I got a lot of white friends. I've been to Bar Mitzvahs and I've been to all that shit, you know, with the little hat. They even put one on me, you know what I mean? So, 
And then they asked me, what is the black experience like? And I said, the black experience is like black privilege. And a lot of white people don't know what black privilege is, because I do have black privilege. People say, oh, you just follow me around the store. That's great. That means when you need help, somebody's right there to help you get your shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how is that, you know, wrong? I can just walk through Target. The whole manager would come, like, hey, sir, can you give me this, this, and this, and meet me at the front desk, please? Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Cool. Got my service. Walk, oh, yeah, cool. Walk on the bar, right? Because bar's my favorite place. Walk on the bar. People see me, they don't even want to sit by me. I love that shit. I can have two seats automatically. Like, you know, all I got to do is just look like an angry black man. I get whatever I want. You know what I mean? Like, I can just walk in, look hella big, like, what's up? I don't want to pay for this movie. We understand. You know, just, just, he's not paying, but it's okay. You know, don't, you know, do anything. My boss, even my boss, he knows. I'll be like, hey, Chris, I need time off today. Oh, okay, sure, you can have that paid. I don't even have no overtime hours. We'll take care of that, James. Just, you know, just don't yell anymore. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you know. See, I, I love the, I'm a very nice guy. I come from a very humble family. You know, I got a grandma, she loves me. You know, but I do use my black privilege to walk around, I do things though, so. White people, you're not the only ones that are special, because we got ours too. You guys use it for us, y'all don't even know it. You know what I mean? <laughs> when you got, every time you guys move out the way, open the door for me, my, my self-esteem just gets bigger. You know what I mean? It's getting bigger, but. Yeah, so talk, I think I talk enough shit for today. You know what I mean? Just to get a little bit of whatever's on my mind, you know, off my mind. And um, I want to say this, though. Give Donald Trump a chance. <laughs> Give him a chance, you know? Because right after he fucks everything up, we can all come together and come in and run shit again. <laughs> As one people. <laughs> all right, y'all, thanks. James Mitchell, everyone. Yay! We hope it comes back again and again. Thank you guys so much for being here at the happy hour tonight. Uh, coming up at 8 o'clock, we have Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. It's the feminist edition, making feminism great again. So we hope that you all stick around. It's a mere $5. If not, we'll see you guys next week on the happy hour or on Monday at Joke Workshop at 6 o'clock. All right, bye-bye. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, 
or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door and promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Want to spend a summer Sunday laughing your cares away? Then come join the fun at San Francisco's Comedy Day. One stage, five hours, 40 comedians, a million laughs, and it's free. Besides our annual celebration of stand-up, did you know that Comedy Day offers workshops that teach Bay Area students how to use humor to resolve conflict? Comedy Day is so serious about ending bullying, it's banning all comedians from using the following phrases. Knee slapping, side splitting, break a leg, bust a gut, knock them dead. Those words hurt. But Comedy Day feels good. It's fun for the whole family. Did I mention it's free? Hey, comedy fans, don't miss the 37th Annual Comedy Day, the original longest-running free outdoor comedy concert in the world. The funny starts at noon on Sunday, September 17th at Sharon Meadow in Golden Gate Park, San Francisco. One stage, five hours, 40 comedians, a million laughs. It's free! Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey.
here say Francisco, if you're looking for some delicious late night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside you can find counter offer, and my offering you amazing late night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit, it's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini, and creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They got them! And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Of course, yeah. <laughs>